Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. 
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks America podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vance. Now, this episode's a real special one here. I got a dear, near and dear friend of mine on the podcast is everybody knows him, uh, Matt Futere. He is the uh, madman behind Veteran Invader products from the, the Adam to Guillotine and, and even four new broadheads this year. So this podcast is going to be primarily focused around his engineering skill and his passion behind it. And we're going we're gonna to discuss all the new broadheads that have hit this market. So, Matt. How you been? Well, been pretty good considering I'm I've been battling cancer now four and a half, five years now. And uh it's it's kind of winning, but I'm still fighting. <laughs> yeah. And you you had some good news too. You your your grandson, he's getting big. Oh, my grandson is he is a hoot and, and uh of course, you know, we got him a little bow and arrow and he's starting to get figuring all that fun out so he's he is uh as a he's a healthy little country kid that's going to be tearing it up pretty quick <laughs> oh that's exciting news you know i'm, I'm glad he's the because he's what two now three three three, three. Yep. man this time just goes fly, flies <laughs> on by you know and the cool thing is like watching kids at that you're at that young age and watch them do things do dangerous things carefully it's just it's always unique and watching their minds like really analyze like, well, I've done this before this hurts and all as a parent, all you can really do is just sit back and watch because this allows them to establish that risky behavior. So this way, when they get older, they're willing to take risk and, and learn from their mistakes. Yeah. What's really interesting being watching him just go about his daily deals is he's already demonstrating a mechanical aptitude and a curiosity to take things apart and put things back together. So for me being a, you know, pretty much a self-taught engineer. I find that quite fascinating that, uh, you know, it's, it's in his blood. So hopefully he picks up the ball and runs with that one day and does his own inventing. <laughs> I hope so. Cause you know, the, the, these days, it's like, if you have the mindset, there's technology out to teach you everything out, you know, from books to videos. So the, the nice thing is the pioneers like yourself that really paved the way for this next generation. So it's like, well, if they can, if they can reduce their education costs and go and figure something else out, Go for it. So this way, then they can take that money instead of putting it into an NCAA uh, university. They can go ahead and start with their product. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, it's even if they don't open their own business, if they just are curious and they they want to do something, if they have the self discipline and the personal drive to to get it done to their own satisfaction for their own benefit, and if like our broadheads, if it benefits many, maybe there's a market for them. They can. Put it on the market, but um, really always comes down to same reason I started my path to pursue inventing the very first product I did was the original guillotine. It was, and I just got sick and tired of chasing turkeys after you hit them and not finding them. That, that was what really got me. And uh, so the guillotine, when people saw it and how effective it was, they were like, you need to make us some. And then that just led to, oh gosh, now I got to open a business and go through all that headache and 
big money productions and you know it was risky but we did it and and here we are uh 20 years later you know we're about 20 years yeah this is 20 20 years i think or 21st year i forget been a while and and we debuted the new i don't know if you can see that but i can see it we, yes yeah we we i've been had so many people over the years ask me if i couldn't improve upon the guillotine and give them different features and benefits than the original guillotine and i take notes on everything right and um and it took me a little while to kind of get back to focusing on okay i'm going to do the new guillotine and um we did it we sent it out in the field for field testing and everybody who shot it just loved it and turkey's completely decapitated in addition if you can see the blades are not all on the same plane there's one front blade and one back blade i see that what that means what that means is you can now body shoot the, the animal because the original guillotine i engineered it to bounce off the bird if you hit him in the body and not hurt it a bit and you either hit him in the head and neck lopped him instantly killed him instantly or you didn't and the bird lived another day to be hunted another day go make more babies whatever um but a lot of people wanted to be able to shoot the head neck or the body so that's what this allows and in doing so uh, another feature of all the competitive products that are out there guillotine style broadheads including our original they're pretty much one-shot broadheads and i was and you know me long enough i don't like disposable broadheads and that always bugged me and I got better. I got a little wiser at how I engineered things. And so this original guillotine, if you look at it, you'll see the end of Can you see the end of that blade? I can. It looks like a, a little shark fin there. It does. Well, that, what, that, what that does is if you hit the bird and you lop the head off and the thing, the broadhead is going to keep going and it's going to smash into the ground. Well, that bends and breaks blades on all my broadheads as, as well as the competitor's guillotine style broadheads. It at least bends them. Um, what this does is it actually is intended to grab the ground and it'll there's an internal ball bearing and spring. So like a shock absorber, it is a cam in there that allows it to cam over. And it, in doing so, it transfers energy to the broadhead body and, the, and ultimately the arrow shaft. That and is impressive. It will not bend or break your blade. We've we've not had one bend or broken yet, except for one gentleman now that we've been selling them, shipping them here recently. He made a bad shot and put it through a piece of uh, two by four, I guess, and it it broke the blade, which is the first one we've ever had break. But if you're just normally hunting and you miss or hit the ground or intentionally shoot to hit the ground, it'll it'll bend one or both blades back and it's easy to reset. Just push on the back. It self centers ready for the next shot. And um, you we in a real hunting situation or just practicing with them, we you're not going to bend or break them. Uh, there always there's an exception to that we finally had after three years of you know being out in the field one one customer broke a blade but we just sent him a whole new broadhead said good luck go, go kill some stuff um but uh so i can't say it's completely indestructible but in the field we haven't had anybody break one yet and they've tried you know just normal use um so yeah it's a good it's engineered so even though this thing come back it's got calculated resistance so it will completely decap surgically the bird's head completely decapitated so it's it's plenty of resistance yet if you hit the ground out on this far leverage point that's what it does 
That's fantastic. The nice thing is, Matt, like when we're when this podcast is all done and when this releases, this will also go with on YouTube. So this way, then people will have the audio and visual appeal to it so they can see everything. It's something I started here a few months ago with YouTube, and it's it's a sl- it's a slow process. I mean, it's going to be a grind just like um, doing podcasting, but uh, I'm well, I'm looking forward to it. Good. Well, this uh, I also has the same titanium tip as all our other broadheads. And it's just a 440 set screw that holds all the the blades in place. So with with one little Allen wrench, you can take this completely apart, clean it all up, put it right back together with very simply. So it's it's a it's a simple design that just works well. So um, of course you're going to need a longer arrow, right? We do make an extender now, it's 50 grain, like a, I forget what the actual. It's like inch and a half or two inch extender, um, but we recommend you put some more. Fletchings, and recently we found out about a company called Zinger, Zinger Fletchings. I saw them this weekend. I just got some. I'm really impressed with the product. It's a great product, and uh, I'm going to work with that company to dial in the Zinger Fletching specific to the guillotine. Uh, And they can just slide it over their existing arrow, put this thing on, and just go, as long as the arrow's long enough, right? Or put the extender on so, I mean, that's a that's a nice option that Zinger Fletching. I'm really impressed. Those guys are going to do really well, and I, I want to support that. So, yeah, I was talking to my buddy Seth. He works he's part of the team HJUSA, and he was talking to me last night about that. He ran to him, and and he like he we might have the same idea. Like we like to buy our products, test them all out before we we pour our seal of approval on them. And he was telling me that they he, they they know who he is, and like and he was telling them that he's now starting a five hundred one c three to to get kids out there in the market and stuff like because he he's got a a young boy eight years old and his mom reached out to him after her divorce divorce and he got took him on his wing got him started shooting again and got him a bow he actually his daughter gave him her old bow and she bought herself a new one and he's nine years old and he's out of 200 points possible out of, out of a 3d shoot he's hitting 150 the next closest competitor is 60 50 to 60 points. So he's got a rolled ax to it. And then the, what really gets to your heartstrings is that his, his dad passed away just a few weeks oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. Very young man, tough. 40 years old. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's tough. Yeah. I'm kind of preparing for that myself. <laughs> so it's just a fact of life. We all have an end date, right? Yes, we do. I'm just trying to do as much as I can before I get there as well. And, and part of that is all these broad hits. Oh, I should mention that. Since we're talking about the guillotine, I do make it in a crossbow version that's inch and a half cut. This is two and three quarter inch. Okay. And this is inch and a half cut. All the same features and benefits. Uh, and, and clearly, I got people looking at this going, man, I'm going to shoot pigs and deer and everything with that thing. That's a beast of a broadhead. So, um, but, you know, it's, it'll, it'll just do just fine. So. I wonder if turkeys. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody puts that crossbow uh, bolt, uh, on a bolt and sends it down down range at a deer. Yeah, well, we've already done things with it, so uh, yeah, it'll shoot off crossbow or or your compound. It'd be just fine. Or recurve and longbow shooters are are enjoying these as well. So for a small game, you know, I mean, squirrels, rabbits, raccoons, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, and then the fun stuff is, of course, you guys know about our combat veteran the only thing we we did some minor changes to this with our blade improvements we get a little hole in the back blades now uh to kind of allow us to do a little metal management manipulation to just toughen it up um 
but it, it's, uh, you know, it was selected as a top 10 broadhead by Field and Stream Magazine for 2021. So we're getting some notoriety finally. Uh, we've got customers all around the world, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Africa, uh, Europe, especially right now is just loving our broadheads across Europe. It's unbelievable the bow hunting fanatics that are over there. Um, so that, that's been a good one. All we did on this was slightly manipulate some metal to toughen it up a little bit um, and change the color from blue to gunmetal gray on all of our broadheads. That's part of the rebrand effort. Yeah, I got, to, I, I, well, I got some of the, uh, I got, a, I got a set from you last year from the, when they're all gunmetal gray. So I, when I took my doe this year, it flew just fine. I mean, it went compete. Uh, it was a four, it was a uh, 30 yard shot, complete pass through. And I couldn't ask, I couldn't, it, she piled up 30 yards later. It was great. Yeah, that's you just can't ask for a broadhead to do anything better than that. And uh, well, all broadheads will do that if you put them in the perfect spot. We we do take pride in the fact that our our uh, tests show that it's we really shine when the shots aren't so good, right? And uh, we still deliver those good results. So uh, the new ones this year, besides the guillotine, are I have three models of new broadheads. Uh, the original veteran with the red ring and the outer spring, and people just didn't like the, the outer ring. And once in a while, it didn't open, which we told them up front. That's why we have a one and a quarter inch cut to quickly and ethically still kill the animal, the benefit of a fixed blade. But they wanted more persistent reliability, open every time. So that's what I got busy doing. This is called, let me take these lawsuit eliminators off here. <laughs> uh, this is called the Ranger. It's a two blade. It's the next generation veteran, basically, but we're going to call it the Ranger in honor of all who have served in the Army, right? That's how I name my broadheads in honor of those who have served, other than the guillotine. So this is the Ranger. How it works is exactly the same as the combat veteran with respect to deploying or unlocking the blades. So because the arrows are traveling at velocity, let's just say 300 feet per second through the air, right? When it hits the animal, it immediately starts to decelerate. And when it decelerates, that's called a, a, a consistent decelerating process. So it's slowing down for that millimeter travel, slows down more, it just keeps slowing down. Um, so what happens is when we start to penetrate the animal, this one point, uh, one inch cut will, comp well, will compress slightly. That unlocks a, a steel pin inside. Because it's slowing down, the pin continues to move forward since it's not being locked in place. And as a result, the inner spring can now open my blades to 2.4 inch cut. 2.4 inches. It's a nasty cut. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, it, and it retains my patented uh, or multiple patented um, flex cut technology or momentum management where we're, people don't understand momentum management. But when we started using the terms flex cut, flexible cut, man, they picked right up on it. So we've trademarked that flex cut technology. So uh, one, both or, or, you know, individually, they, they will compress and rebound. And to, to relock it, all you do is simply point it up, compress the two blades all the way. And let go. Oh, that is convenient. It's gravity lock, inertia release, and you will never ever cheat gravity or you'll not cheat momentum, right? Or physics. So it's just the similar way it works is if you're in your truck going down 
the highway at 100 miles an hour and you got your seatbelt on, you slam on your brakes and your buddy, he's not wearing his seatbelt. The brake, your seatbelt's going to hold you in place. Your buddy, where's he going? He's going out that window. Right out the window. So that's the technology as simple as this works. We basically, when you initially penetrate the animal, 100% of the time, you're going to compress these blades just a itty little bitty bit. And it is decelerating. It opens up 100% of the time. We've never had one not open. So we definitely solved that question about opening or not. And then again, it's 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 easy to take apart. The same titanium tip, a little hole through it, just Allen wrench that out. Uh, we recommend you only take one blade out, clean everything up, put that blade back in, then take the other blade out, unless you have the special tool necessary to compress the ball bearing and spring that are in there. Because if you take both blades out, you are not putting this back together. So we make a store, we, we give the tool to anybody who needs them. Uh, when, when typically when somebody buys replacement blades, we just give them the tool. That makes sense. I... Yeah, it's the preload on the spring is significant. Uh, it is it is a stout, stout spring. And um, I want it cut in 2.4 inches in the vitals, and that's what it does. It cuts wide. So, um, But it's very durable and reusable. Um, you know, we, we just recently got word that a little gal shot a big old axis buck with a crossbow in this two blade ranger. And of course it just blows right through and the axis deer didn't make it maybe 30 yards. So, um, from six years old, all the way up to old dudes like me, we're enjoying killing stuff. <laughs> It'll go through a pit, a heartbeat, a big old bore. So that's the two blade technology. Um, and so everybody for years has been after me to make a three blade broadhead. So. This is called the commander in honor of all those who have served in the Navy, like myself. Got to get my U.S. Navy in there. Uh, so this is the three blade model. And again, it has the same slight compression, inertia release, 2.4 inch cut open, three blade. Oh, that is sharp. Yeah, it's a nasty cut. And it's the same thing. Point it up, compress it down and just let go and you're. You're never going to prematurely deploy the blade. You can't pull them out. Um, it's just that's it's just that kiss simple. And uh, we've had people accuracy test these, and they nobody's had any issue in it. Some of the earlier prototypes we did uh, because I had a wider initial cut right in the closed lock position. So we've just narrowed that down a little bit, and uh, so we're down to that 1.1 inch cut, closed locked, and then it'll just open up hundred percent of the time when you go into an animal and they can, I've got some friends at photos and I can share with you after podcast there. It cuts a big hole, <laughs> puts animals down very fast. Um, I think we, in all this testing that we've done, uh, we've had one animal make it to 70 yards. Mostly everything's dead well under 50 yards. So, and again, it's pick it up, <laughs> clean it off. And then, uh, sorry. Hey, quiet. Honey. Um, clean it off and just keep killing. So uh, it's, it's durable and reusable, not disposable. Your, your whole thing when you started with the, with the veteran innovator products was just to have that higher efficacy rate and be able to um, uh, retrieve more animals. And it's like, you've kind of set that standard across the industry. Yeah. Well, the, we've always said, you know, before I made broadheads, I shoot my competitors' products. I a lot of them, a lot of the different ones, and I had good success. But when you when you start focusing on when you realize that 
people lose animals every year, right? So is there an opportunity for us to make a better broadhead? Big game animal I'm talking about now, right? We did it with a turkey, as we know that's a no-brainer. Sorry, my, my puppy dog is looking out the window barking. Hold on. No worries. Um, so anyway, when you start looking at the lethality study facts that are irrefutable, done by third party on military bases, blah, blah, blah. Fixed blade broadheads deliver, on average, uh, for a whole lot of years in a row, about 83 animals on average out of every 100 hit. That's how many they find. That's 17 animals that are hit that go unrecovered. And on that base, uh, they mandated their shots were 20 yards and less. 20 yards and less. Is that the real world that you and I bow hunt in? No. No. Uh, so I, I focused. Once I modeled my lethality study that we did on the ranch after theirs at 20 yards and less. And I quickly realized my numbers matched theirs. They varied two and a half percent year to year to year. I thought, okay, that validates what I'm doing. It delivering the same results that they're doing, which means the data is irrefutable. Fixed blades deliver less animals to hand than mechanicals. Mechanicals were about 87 out of every hundred animals hit are recovered at 20 yards. And so it got to a period of about, oh, I was into year like 12 in the lethality study or 11 or 12 years. And I decided this is not real world. I'm going to go out to 40 yards and see what happens to the lethality study results. And it wasn't good. It, it, things, it's just like basic geometry. You know, if, you're, if your angle is this, your dispersion pattern is this at 20 yards. When you get to 40 yards, it's that, that dispersion pattern. And the realities of animal movement, the hunter's heart rate, you know, shaky, had to hold a little extra longer than on the target range type of thing. Uh, the, the, the recovery rates, they suffered. And so it, it just led me to believe that is there a way that we can apply engineering creativity and thought to enhance lethality and to enhance our ability by meaning enhance lethality. If we can more consistently even on marginal shots, put an animal down where we can find it, that enhances recovery rates, right? That's the goal. You hit an animal, you go find it. And so that's why I've spent 20, 25 years doing broadheads and lethality study was we realized we can make a broadhead that will deliver more animals being found than what typically has been used on all the fixed blades and, and the, the current crop of mechanicals that were out there. And uh, that's what led us to momentum management or this flex cut technology. And, and now we're, now that we crossed the milestone of our two blade veteran, for example, averaged over eight years, 94 out of every hundred animals hit were being recovered. That's a big improvement consistently done year to year to year. When we first started, yeah, we were at 97, 96. And over the years, the average results came down to 94 and a half. And we've stayed 94, 95 out of every 100 for the last three, four years. So that gives good confidence the data is valid. Um, so I thought, well, it's now it's time because the data shows a four-blade broadhead does deliver a higher yield of recovery than a three-blade or two-blade. So that's why I came out with a combat veteran first. And this broadhead, uh, although I don't do a lethality study anymore, it's more anecdotal evidence now driven by all my customers, as well as all the people in my circle that bow hunt and give me reports daily during the bow season, which spans New Zealand, Australia, Africa, 
uh, Europe and all over North America, a lot of bow hunters. Um, and then those average results come in and we are still at 97 out of every 100 animals hit. Those animals are being found with a combat veteran. This is the third third season with it. So that's, it didn't drop. It went down to 97 and it's just stayed there. So 96 and a half, 97. So we're pretty proud of that. Everybody else is focused on putting a product in a package for profits. That's their focus. That's business. I get that. I never approached this that way. I always approach it with how can we make the outcome of a bow hunter who spends all year planning, practicing, preparing to get in the field. And we all know Mr. Murphy rears his ugly head. Things go wrong. Is our, can our broadhead deliver a better outcome? And the answer is our broadheads do consistently. We get such amazing phone calls and photos and testimonials from customers. They, they know I haven't shot everybody else's. They tell us without a doubt in their mind, if they were not shooting the VIP broadhead, they wouldn't have got the animal. And that, 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 I mean, you know, after all the years of sacrifice engineering this stuff, the money doesn't matter. It's that we made a positive impact in that guy's bow hunting life. And that's what matters most to me. So pretty proud of that. Um, but along with the, three blade commander we did get a lot of requests for us to make a crossbow specific broadhead and three blade was the most popular design that they wanted that in so we did make what we call basically a sherman tank it's 150 it's 150 grain hardened steel tip solid 70 75 aluminum body same everything on the blades are the same uh, the same inertia, inertia system, 2.4 inch cut, and um, it's 150 grains of you aren't going to stop it. I don't care where you hit the animal. <laughs> it just it just goes like a demon through everything we've shot it through. Um, and then again, pick it up, clean it off, relock the blades, go kill some stuff. Uh, so it's it's been it's it's a nice addition to the portfolio, but it is. You can shoot it off a compound bow, don't get me wrong, or a longbow or recurve if you want. But uh, it, we did engineer it for the high impact energies of, of uh, the crossbows deliver. I mean, it's a beast. Of, it's a tough broadhead, very tough. Yeah, I was looking, did some research into crossbows here this past fall because I thought, well, maybe getting my daughter in front of a, uh, a crossbow maybe would excite her, maybe want to be a little motivated because here in Wisconsin, we can. We, it's, it's a parent's decision when you want to get them in front of a gun or a crossbow. So if starting from as early as one years old, all the way up until however old they want to be. And it was one of those things where it's like, I'd started doing research about it, like, and how like the higher um, poundage you go or the higher um, FPS you go, you want to have your, have a heavier arrow and such. And like learning all of that aspect gave me a whole new uh, under, understanding of the crossbow mechanics of the of that and how to take care of it because too light of an arrow you can end up uh, blowing out the limbs or having issues with the with the strings so it's like having that heavier broadhead makes perfect sense and I like to shoot heavy too yeah heavy heavy on any bow from trad all the way through compounds through crossbows adding a now I'm going to predicate this with a little bit of weight right I'm not into the Oh, you got to shoot 650 grains minimum, blah, blah, blah. That's BS. I, 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 will, I will sit and debate Dr. Adaspi across the table in a public forum all day, every day, and he's going to lose. Uh, there, are, there are, nature has a balance. So does projectiles, right? There's, there's risks and rewards for what you decide to do with your projectile. Um, 
So, uh, but a little bit of weight up front, all that's going to do is in, in aid in improving the dynamic efficiency of your bow, right? The transfer of energy from your bow spring to your projectile, your arrow or bolt. And bolts are, you know, that's why most of them now come with a brass insert, 50 grains minimum and all of, of that kind of fun stuff because a little extra weight doesn't hurt anything. So it's less, less energy reflected back into the bow, right? Because it's got to go somewhere. Yes. So if it didn't go into the arrow, where's it go? Back into itself. And that's the destructive nature of parts wear out, strings are stressed, cables are stressed, and whoops, something let loose. That isn't good. So uh, one last broadhead that we debuted this year. Uh, for years, people have been asking me to make a fixed blade broadhead. And I just wouldn't because why? The lethality study showed that, hey, it's um, it's not the best design to shoot out there. I don't care what people tell you, right? It's You're going to sign up then to understand you're going to hit animals and not find them. That's the nature of the reality that we face, whether they want to admit it or not. I don't care about brand A, brand B, brand C. It doesn't matter what brand it is. It's a fixed blade broadhead. And um, while they all kill, the lethality study results, not just mine, but independently done, don't lie. I mean, it's, it's there in black and white. Either understand it or choose not to and, and know you're going to lose some animals eventually. But in the pressures of business, I'm told I'm leaving a lot of potential money on the table because there are people that just don't want to shoot a mechanical for whatever reason, even though they've really advanced, not just mine, but there's a bunch of companies out there really have some mechanicals out there with a lot of good engineering in them. They, they work well. Um, but we, we just, they, they pressured me enough. So I came out with, eh, it's not quite a fixed blade, but it looks like the commander, right? It's three blades, same, same blade, same tip. The body is almost the same. It doesn't have quite the same engineering or machining on it. Uh, but you shoot it just like this. And in most states, they will, in all states, they say you can't shoot a bar broadhead, right? And that would be considered barbed. Well, it's not barbed. As you can see, if you pull it out of a target, they will come unbarbed and, and even more so. Um, there is a ball bearing and a spring in there. And if you hear that, I don't know, can you hear that? Yeah, I hear it. It's a ball bearing and spring that lock my blades in a fixed position. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I have all the benefits of the penetrating capability of my other broadheads, but it's a rigid cut, 1.2 inches. And, um, and that allows us an aerodynamic profile for extreme accuracy to high speed. So you have crossbows, compounds, you're just where your field point goes, this goes. We haven't had anybody say anything about accuracy with this broadhead, and they shoot them high speed. Uh, and then as far as being legal, yep. Uh, it's not barbed, so and it's easy. Just push it back. And this one, you can take it completely apart. You don't need any special tools. Just an Allen wrench, fifty thousandths Allen wrench comes right apart. Completely put it all clean it up, put it back together, ready to go. So, um, and these are less expensive to make than my more complex uh, flex cut broadheads. So the price point on this is going to be a little less as well, which is attractive to people of that are on a budget. So it's a good broad in. Kill a lot of pigs with them. So, so that's that's the fun stuff we've been working on and debuted at the ATA show. Uh, we so we, you know, we just kind of 
enhance the combat better a little bit. We come out with two new models of guillotine, 150 grain, 175 grain. Uh, we have the bomber broadhead in honor of the air. This is what the fixed blade is called, the bomber. It's in honor of the Air Force folks. My brother was in the retired Air Force, and he was a big uh, key component on the B-1 bomber program when it first started and got off the ground. And So I named it in honor of the Air Force and my brother. Uh, and then we have the two models of the commander. Actually, we make all the broadheads in 100 grain, 125 grain, and steel body stainless steel body 175 grain all of them uh the only one that we make in 150 grain is the three blade that was the the only one that people wanted in one if they wanted more weight they just jump up to the 175 all steel body um and uh and then we have the two blade ranger that replaced our two blade veteran um so it's it's um it's let me pull my lawsuit eliminators off there I have to be careful. I keep cutting myself. <laughs> I've been watching you play with these blades. It's like I would be slicing my fingers up at this point in time, but they must be pretty dull. No, well, it's 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 engineered to. So you know, my background is physics, right? And in all the forensic studies I've done, it's I kind of understand how to modify the cam ball bearing spring force interaction. So there's more than enough resistance to cut full width through vitals. But if a human, your skin is so many layers thick and most people's skin is pretty tough. So I've engineered the cam so you can, towards the ends of the blades, just gently, don't slide across it. Yeah, you're cutting. But if you just push straight on it, let go. You're, you're, you're not going to cut yourself. Right? <laughs> so, But for, for liability purposes, we do provide our little lawsuit eliminators that you slide on there if anybody's nervous about it <laughs> and then it's then you can do it all all day and you're not going to cut yourself right uh, no problem so and if anybody loses them well we'll just send a bucket of them for free so you'll have plenty right so uh, we want people to be safe oh yeah i i keep i have a spare set up in in my go bag in my in both of my bags this way then it's like i always have an extra set with me because of well, over uh was it last year my wife went ahead and she bought some um, some, some uh, veterans from one of the from HJUSA. They you had really nice uh, basket put together, and she wanted a whole bunch of new broadheads, so she went and bought it. And and uh, obviously, all the proceeds went from there. So it's like it was nice to have all these different set additional sets. So it's like make sure everything has a, has one just in case if somebody's not familiar like you and I are. Or if they're going to touch. It was like, here you go, put these on till you so you understand the mechanic of that particular broadhead. Yeah, understand the mechanics it's pretty rare with all the folks that i the bow hunt with me it's, i don't know anybody that uses these actually and he, once they got them and they understand how to work the broadhead i don't know anybody that actually uses them but um again we do recommend safety reasons use them and, and you'll you'll definitely be safe then but if, so yeah one one other one of the things that we've oh, i don't have any here to show you i should have got them out uh, maybe we can talk about it on another day is another thing we did debut at the ATA show was, uh, do you build your own arrows? I don't, I do not. Now, since I have a bigger place, I plan on buying some accessories to do so. I've, we built, we used to sell guillotine arrows. So we fletch up and glue inserts into a couple thousand dozen a, a season, right? That's a lot of arrows. Um, 
So I'm pretty familiar with the problems associated with building arrows. And then when we're in the field, I'm sure you've experienced it. You, you launch an arrow and you miss or you hit the animal and the animal moves or it goes through and hits a rock or you break an arrow. What do you do with the arrow? You throw it away, right? Or most guys just leave it in the woods. But um, so even target shooting, 3D shooting, right? You miss a target, you break an arrow, something. What do they do? They throw it in the trash. So because of the economy and the COVID situation, vast majority, I'd say 95% of the field points and inserts are manufactured overseas. And they were all stuck in container ships, right? Yes, they were. So they weren't in the pro shops. So we got approached and was asked, hey, can you make field points? Yep. So we fired up the laves and we've been making uh, precision stainless steel field points for quite a while. And now we're, we're, gonna, we're waiting on packaging. Of course, that's slow too in this economy. But we get the packaging in. We'll be selling uh, packs of 12 uh, match weights, field points from 85 all the way up to 200 grains in all the different arrow sizes and crossbow bolt sizes. So we, we're selling those now. In addition, they asked me, well, can you make inserts? Because nobody can get inserts for their arrows, right? The, the heavy ones specifically. Um, um, and I was like, yep, we can do that too. So I said, but wait, I don't want to just make an insert like what everybody else does. Because you've known me years now. I don't just <laughs> make what no. other people make. And so I said, I have an idea. I want to, let me explore this a little bit. So what I did was I actually have now developed uh, two variations, or actually three variations, but we'll probably have on the market real shortly here, uh, two variations uh, from arrows that have an inner diameter, I should say bolts. Bolts start out with an inner diameter of the crossbow bolt at 0.300, go down to 0.298. And then there's arrow sizes are typically 246 inner diameter, 230 inner diameter, 204 inner diameter, and then the deep six is a 166 inner diameter. I have developed a mechanical insert system that you can put in the end of your arrow, lock it down with a field point or your broadhead, and you aren't pulling it out. If you break an arrow, you can simply unscrew your, you know, loosen it up pull it right out, put it in a brand new arrow. You're not throwing away precious metals anymore. You're not gluing inserts in, sniffing glue, waiting for it to dry. Or if it's super glue and it dries too quick before you get the insert all the way in there, you're not going to ruin an arrow and an insert, right? I mean, we solved all those problems. And so we are, we are very simple to use. And we've had the biggest machinists in the shops, about six four, six five, probably 285, 300 pounds, strong dude. We put a broadhead in a vise. Uh, after tightening this thing down with the arrow sticking out and ask him, pull it off. See if you can pull this off. Couldn't budge it. You'll break the arrow before you pull the system out. Um, so then we decided to do destructive testing on these inserts and shoot them through plywood, hundreds and hundreds of shots, see if it would loosen up or anything like that and pull out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so it's a, it really works well. So we're going to be, uh, we debuted those at the ATA show. Um, we've since refined them a little bit. And, uh, so we're going to be showing an even better models, uh, when we start selling them, but we've already got from pro shops that are aware that we're going to save them a ton of hours and headaches, gluing stuff in. They don't have to do that anymore. They just put it in a second, lock, lock it down. It's there done. 
So we'll speed up their arrow production by, I'd say, minimum 30 to 40%. I mean, it's fast. Yeah, I saw the I saw somebody record a video of you guys demonstrating that at ATA or was it just in the factory, but on YouTube. And I thought that was a fantastic system to develop. Or was it on your Instagram feed? One of the two. But I yeah, I, I think I sent it. you that. Yeah, I think I sent you that on a on a cell phone to show you. But I know uh, yeah, you sent me some of the ballistic testing, which was pretty impressive. Like I was real that was really really solid development right there. Yeah, that, that was the bomber I was shooting that day. And the bomber, it showed how tough that is, too. I mean, the same broadhead went all the way through. It's still sharp, ready to go. No damage. Yeah, and, I watched uh, a, when I watched that bomber slide through the ballistic shells. Like, that is so impressive. It's like it, it, it didn't stop unless there was something until, until it hit the board in front of it. Yeah. Or the fletchings, one or two. We've had a lot of independent testing done by engineering firms, and they've all concluded. Well, hold on just a minute. <laughs> Oh boy, we got a new puppy. Uh, and and he just had the remote to the TV and he's fixing the chomp one. So uh Cindy, can you please get the dog? So yeah, he's he's just a puppy, he's a mini Australian shepherd, and he's gonna be a good dog, but right now he's in his terrible teens, puppy stage-wise, and he's he's just funny as heck. So you got you. I think you're able to get him out and running because I know those those Australians need need room to stretch the legs to burn off the energy because they're such not actually not yet because of my health. We've been kind of having some some battles recently, so we're we're just focused on the business and um, in my health. So. <laughs> See what he had, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's. Uh, He's a, he's a heck of a puppy, but you know, as far as the inserts, I actually do have some here. Oh, great. We're making them in the stock aluminum sizes for everything, for all those different diameters I mentioned. So depending on the diameter, like the 300 diameter for the crossbow bolt, for example, it's, it's, it's a two piece system and, and the, in aluminum to replace the stock aluminum in, inserts that you got to glue in. You know, this is 20 grains, right? I don't know if you see that. It's 20 grains. I can see it. I can see it made up. Yep. Um, we're, we're all, so it'll be uh, like the 204 diameter is 10 grains, right? The aluminum version is 10 grains. The, 20, the 230 and the 246 are 15 grains. And uh, But we're also making them in, we're also making them in, brass in 100 grain and we're going to give a 200 grain option and um so that's this one here is a 230 diameter brass and this one is 200 grains so we have a 25 grain mark on there you can actually just snap it off you don't need to saw it you snap it off 25 grains snap off another 25 grain dial in your spine you know your flex for a trad shooter the way you want it, or just leave the whole thing in there. Most people are just leaving it all in there. Uh, but um, so, and because we have a mechanical insert system, you, you got to go through, you got to spine tune your arrow, right? This allows you to actually spine tune your arrow a little bit easier because you're mechanically entrapped. So you can loosen it up, twist it just that little bit, tighten it back down, you know, until you dial your arrow in exactly the way you want it. Uh, so we have these in 
100 grain and 200 grain brass. We have them in 100 grain and 200 grain uh, stainless steel on, on all these different sizes. So we have quite the options for everybody to choose from in whatever material they prefer, steel, brass, or aluminum. The aluminum, obviously we're only doing the lightweight in aluminum, right? If we're gonna add weight, we just change the metal to brass or steel. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I, yeah, I just like brass myself, so I pretty much use brass. I'm, I'm Navy, right? I'm used to polishing brass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uncle could say, say, uh, say the same thing when he was in the Navy. He was in the Navy during the Vietnam War, and I'd sat down with a guy that up in Otagami here uh, last year, and oddly enough, they're both stationed in Anchorage, Alaska at the same time. The only difference was that he was in communications. My uncle was in the fire department up there in Anchorage, so they never they never crossed paths. But my, my uncle's never been one for um, for alcoholic beverages, so that's what they would never would have made outside of duty. Besides that, so you know, it's just, it was just kind of funny because I was like, I'm sitting here asking my uncle questions, like, do you remember this gentleman's first last name? And like, it's like it's just it was uncanny that they were it just been even even more unique if they actually would have met and being able to recruit, re, reconnect them after 40 some years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's kind of fun where, you know, I was in Afghanistan for a year and you're out in the middle of nowhere. You bump into somebody. Yeah. I was in Afghanistan too, you know, and then well, where were you at? Well, I was on Fompasab and they're like, no way I was too. And when, when were you there? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, and same sort of a deal where you, you were both there, but, they were coming through and then left right where I was there permanent. And uh, so it's, it's that kind of stuff. It's kind of cool. The world is a lot smaller than people realize. That it really is. I have friends of mine that are in the military and it's like, it's fun and unique when they, when they catch up, like uh, at the Toma Sparta shoot here last year, there was a guy that came down to meet up with his friends that were stationed together. What he moved, uh, one of my friends moved to back to our hometown in Iowa, and the other one moved back to his hometown up in northern Wisconsin. It was just kind of a nice common meeting ground for both of them to hang out and have a conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, the military is a brotherhood that'll never die. It's a bond for life. You know? Oh, that is so true. Yeah. So that's, that's a bunch of fun stuff that we've, debuted this year and, and already people are you know getting these in their hands and they're starting to have some fun with them i i got all kinds of mostly right now it's pigs and exotics here in texas right or uh, we just had a gentleman um he's boots on the ground in africa right now and he's a week or two away from reaching his his uh uh place where he hunts and he's going to be there for about eight months and every day he's killing animals with vip broadheads so they're they're gonna they're putting them through the paces i mean we've already had that done but not eight months in a row every day right we've had a few safaris and we've had phs test us and you know killed a bunch of animals but nothing like the number the sheer number of animals that this guy's going to kill so that's kind of, I'm kind of excited to see the forensics on that. And the, well, we know the forensics, but more importantly, the consistency of, okay, all the different sized animals that they have over there. Uh, what are the lethality results, right? I mean, for every animal hit, what was the, the detailed results, right? And uh, of course he's going to do necropsy. So we'll, we'll get the forensics. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll relay all that to him. <laughs> my puppies come back hey you little devil dog oh <laughs> uh, ranger it's, it's just, you need, I heard you earlier say his name is ranger correct 
Yeah, his name is Ranger. Yeah, because he's he's a little he's going to range all over the place. I don't know. It's just you know, it was a it was a name that my wife and daughter chose, so that's that's fine. So he's going to be a real good dog. Yeah, we lost my other dog probably three years ago. Broke my heart. And he was a full size Aussie and uh, smartest dog we've ever had. And when this one came available, we didn't intend to get a dog. It's just that the people that bought it, they ended up getting COVID really bad and they couldn't take the dog. And the breeder was, went to high school with my daughter and, and they knew that our dog passed away. And, and uh, you hear my cats getting in on the action. See that. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's the best, best part about it being uh, um, at home. You never know what kind of dogs, what kind of animals in a show their face. Yeah. This is, this is smoky right here. This is Smokey right here. He's our like Angora kitty. And, uh, uh, but um, so anyway, you know, my wife felt it was time. Let's get another dog. So so we got him. He's he's only going to be like 18 inches tall. So he's a mini, which oh, is a lot right. nicer. So that's a little more easier for us to handle. And um, he's uh, he's just laying down here now, staying out of trouble. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll get him outside and get him, but I mean we've only had him five weeks now, maybe six weeks. So we're just still getting used to it all. And uh, he's he's a good dog. That is exciting. It's it's fun to have a young pup in the house just because you have that opportunity to to like reinvigorate your life because it's like you, you you're excited to see him and he's excited to see you and then yeah, parts, quit like you're polishing out. that. Quit polishing that up. All it means is, uh, wow, you don't get a lot of sleep. Just like having a newborn baby. Yeah, that's why, like, my dog, she's uh, Angel. She's 13, so it's like I'm dreading the day. So it's like she's she's been in my life for the last decade, so I I didn't get her right off the get-go, but uh, she's been a real loyal dog, and she's she's traveled all around with me to to up and down the Midwest from Illinois to Iowa. It's She's just been my go-to, but she gets so jealous. It's when I have my daughter with me, she'll give me these death stares. It's like, how dare you not give me any attention? It's just, it's just funny how she gets so jealous of me, but it's like, it's just terms of endearment. Yep. Yep. This one is kind of, he's, he's still split 50, 50 between Cindy or I about attention, but he's, he's starting yeah. to gravitate more towards me, I think. So uh, we'll see. He's going to be, he's going to be a good addition to the family. That's for sure. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm sure. I'm sure your grandson just loves him. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yep. He loves to see him. My daughter will FaceTime pretty much every day and he wants to see Ranger. He wants to see the puppy. Um, Yeah. He's a good dog. So yeah, I'm going to have to send you a, I apologize in advance. I didn't as busy as we've been. And as you know, I went through some recent health issues that I just didn't get that box sent out to you full of this new, new toys. We'll get that. We'll get that done. And, uh, when you get them in hand, um, then you'll be able to go, okay, I see. Cause I mean, it's like funny at the ATA show, people would see how it worked and they'd look at me like, man, what are you a wizard, you know, to figure this out. I mean, it's that, it is pretty cool how it works. Uh, it is. It, it's very proprietary. No, you can't really c- duplicate it. I mean, if you do, everybody knows you're blatantly stealing, you know? And um, I was talking to my buddy Brady because, well, you and I were talking right around lunchtime there. It's like, I, 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 you you gave me some food for thought. And it's like, well, let me talk to my other, my buddy here. It's like, because like this, this 
boom arm and stuff like that. Like we, we have a second project that we started on the week on Fridays, stuff like that. And we, he's, he, we, we've ramped up our, 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 uh, uh, our platform essentially it's called after dark podcast. And we actually do live stream. We have high end cameras, HD, the 4k, the whole work. So like we dropped a few, we dropped a few grand in this. And it's like, I was pitching him some ideas, like what would make sense with your broadheads and stuff. I'm like, well, do I want to do it tonight or do I want to until get the broadheads in hand and then shoot them, then have a conversation. But it's like, you know, I like this format better because I have a, my landlord has oh, a couple hundred yards of um, field that open. So it's like, it'd be fun just to go out to his, out, out to his pasture and just lob some arrows at different targets and such. And I th- and we both thought like, that would be a really fun thing. Cause th- he's, I took him to his first expo this weekend there in Wisconsin, the Dells for at the uh, open season. And he absolutely had a blast just following me around and helped me stuff with doing podcasts and stuff like working with Travis bigger. I ran into Brian Sparks, a common friend of ours and such. And he, he, get, he gave me some hit of his mocks, great magic. So boy, this stuff is just, it's so potent, but the way he layers his chemistry in the blend, it's like you the, and then after listening to Travis Bigger and talking about his interaction with the product, like he was telling me about a story about four years ago. Yeah, there's these two big monsters, 190 class bucks a piece. And he went out, touched up a mock scrape with his magic here, and they were getting blown up by their, their cameras with their fight going on, their videos and their pictures. And one one of them lost its eye. And it, it got later on, it was got it um the the first or opening day gun season, this young lad. I think it was like 10 or 12 Travis just saying, and he managed to punch his tag. And it's like, do you know how cool that'd be for a 12 year, like a young, young guy, get this massive buck and just kind of just hook him for life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I remember my daughter, the first year she shot, you know, here she is 30 years old. She'll turn 30 here pretty quick next month. And, um, she is still ate up with bow hunting and she is good. She has killed some, big turkeys, some big pigs and some giant whitetails. And, uh, and she, she got to where on that low fence ranch, that 3000 acre place, we had trail cameras up everywhere. And, and so we kind of had an idea what, but it was low fence. So you just never knew what you were going to see. And uh, we're in South Texas in the golden triangle, a big buck territory. And man, we saw some whoppers and every year, probably the last, five or six years that we were on the place, she matured enough in her bow hunting where she just didn't feel the need to just fill every tag. Right. She was like, dad, that buck on that camera, I'm going to claim that one. I want to hunt that buck. And she started doing that every year and she would tag that buck every year. So she got to where she was. She's really a good bow hunter makes dad proud better than if I shot them deer myself. And uh, she's killed some, She's killed some whoppers. So uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun to see the next generation get after it. Now that I have a grandson, can't wait. He's already going to sling arrows. So it'd be just like uh, his mom getting after it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So it'd be fun. So like when I was talking to Brian yesterday, because we are not uh, no, on, on, on Saturday, how did you and Brian cross paths? Because it's like you seem like you guys have known each other for a long time, the way he made it seem. Yeah, we've known each other a long time. Uh, quite a few years. Um, it's it actually got to the point where because of the growth of VIP VIP archery now, um, and I get requests for me to manufacture and sell things. And I had a I had an opportunity 
I was solicited by some folks that were covering a large swath of territory and they needed a synthetic scent. You couldn't, you can't do natural, right? You, you had to be synthetic and uh, to, to satisfy the law. And so that's how Brian and I came to be. I was aware of who Brian was to somebody else. So I called Brian up and we actually, he actually developed some scents for VIP. We, we field test and we're actually, we still have some of the field test, but then, um, I, you know, you know, I hate to say it again, but my health, I've been through a bunch of surgeries and chemo every three months and it's been a battle. I just, it was just too much on my plate, especially in view of my core focus is broadheads. And I was working on all these simultaneously. And then I, we have a, we have a ranch in East Texas now that we do all of our lethality study broadhead testing on. And, um, I just couldn't get there. You know, it's only a five hour drive. You just physically can't get there. So I just had to pump the brakes. That's what you have to do when you get older and things <laughs> start breaking down on you. You got to pump the brakes and choose your battles. So I love Brian, love his products. I just couldn't do it anymore. And, um, and so we passed on the opportunity to have a VIP line of sense. But Brian's the man. He's the man. Uh, he's, oh, he, he is. His craft. He makes an amazing product. And, uh, you know, uh, not saying I won't ever do it with him, but just right now it's not good timing, you know. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. I get it. Yeah, we we sat down like I had him on a podcast last year or last spring, and man, it's like he is so intelligent. It's like I just sit there and I'll just ask questions and just let him talk because it's like he will break down the scientific purposes, the whole lock and key mechanism, the way he rolls that out, just like absolutely makes sense. And when he I invited him for dinner with Brady because it's like I wanted Brady to get more of an understanding of the outdoor world and such. And he came and joined us for dinner and our, our, our one hour um, dinner turned into two and a half, three hours of conversating and such. And it's like, Brian, it's just a, he's just a hoot. I love bragging about the guy. Cause he's so funny and on top of he's so intelligent. Cause it's like, he knows he can call bullshit and stuff like that. And the way he's able to disseminate information, it's just fantastic. Yeah. That's, Kind of like me on the subject of broadheads. And you know me well enough. I'm a redneck stubborn to go. You know, I just call bullshit on stuff that's that's said and done. And um, and not only can I call bullshit on it, like Brian with his chemistry, like me and the broadheads, you can we can back it up. Right? We can back it up. You know, what we say, we can back up. What other people say, all they are, are like parrots. They just repeat what others have said for years, or it's the new fad way to say something, or it's and it's just kind of BS. I just don't subscribe to it. So I've just we've killed too many thousands of animals. We've done the due diligence. We know the materials. We know the mechanics. We know the stresses and strains and aeronautics and the whole nine yards. And uh, I'm pretty straightforward. I don't even. I don't do any social media anymore. I just don't do it. Um, I just I just got tired of everybody being an expert when. They're not, and all they want to do is argue, fight, and, you know, uh, and if you don't agree with them, then they tear your company down. They tear your product line down. It's like, whatever. I don't, I just don't need that. We have a lot of happy customers across the globe. I'm good with that. <laughs> I don't need to talk. I don't talk to people anymore, except folks like you occasionally. And I actually don't do this very often anymore either. So um, I'm just, 
I'm just enjoying um, getting feedback from people that I'm not even soliciting, right? I mean, when somebody calls you up and go, man, my son did this or my daughter did that or I did this with your broadhead, thank you. And so that's good enough for me, you know, because those those people are not on social media for the most part either, right? And so uh, their voices are far more powerful than somebody on social media. Yeah, that is that is so that is so true, especially when you're trying to be when you're healing yourself and like the negativity can really get to you. It's like, you know, and uh, you like you said, that like having those kind words being said to you that way, it's the way to be. I even I even try to slow down and I focus more on Instagram just because it's like Facebook has definitely tried to like, well, Meta should say has definitely capped me off and like I'm I'm still floating right right around over two over twelve thousand, but I could should be far higher. But it's I get misinformation all the time from when I'm looking at my stats and my figures, and my algorithms and such, and it can be quite the frustrating aspect. And at least with with at least with Instagram, I can focus my my directive drive to where I want to talk to. And this these last few months, like the it has just definitely changed. I mean, starting uh, June, July 4th of 2020, my whole entire life changed when I met Chris. Like everything in, in his his essence, his aura has really kind of blossomed into this really nice growth for myself. But I'm, he's introduced me to so many amazing people and God has been, been a guiding force. To, I just kind of follow the path and such. And I really enjoy it. I've been able to accomplish a lot more than I ever thought of. And now I'm just staying on it. I'm not letting up because like I, I would have had, I have a, I, I, my guest last night got sick, so I canceled, but we were scheduled for tomorrow, but for the next six weeks, I'm doing two podcasts, doing two podcasts for the Bucks of America podcast. And then I do another podcast called the after dark. And that's where I can get into, into the, the, uh, um, the spoiler alerts where we bring in some, some of my close friends from Idna or Ryan and a few other guests that have had on my podcast where, where, where we, where we know what's going on, but it's like, it's just fun to BS and stuff like that. And, it gives me a chance for me and my buddy Brady to drink some good whiskey and just, just kind of <laughs> have some good conversations. Cause last week we recorded for three and a half hours after I got done being at the um, show for six hours. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a busy schedule right there. So I'm, I'm uh, about all I'll do is, I don't know what you mean this about me, but you know, when you're trapped in a chair, recovering, healing, whatever I'm doing with this, health issue is my wife bought me a ps4 playstation really yeah yeah i'm i'm i enjoy gaming and uh normally i just play with random people on the internet whatever the war zone you know type of single person shooter type thing and you know i have nieces and nephews that play as well but they're kind of busy in their lives too so i just play randoms whoever the computer puts me with right and over the years i've met a few people and we like playing together and uh now i've got some canadian friends i've got folks on the east coast pretty much every night now they text me hey are you getting in fact right before the podcast started (laughs) they're texting me going get on right so we'll we'll fire up some blackout or some caldera you know the new war zone stuff or now they're into this tiger woods golf game and (laughs) it's fun i'm 60 years old, but I'm whooping their butts. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I, I sold my PS3 here years ago and I haven't looked back since. I've just been kind of put my just followed my inspiration and kept on doing it. And then I listened to a podcast with um Tim Fer- or Tim Harris or 
Yeah, Tim Ferriss, and he's one that wrote the five-hour work week and such, but he put together this three-hour-long podcast and said, well, I've been doing it for a while. got over 100 episodes beneath my belt. I've done over 200 episodes between all the work I've done, and I wanted to listen to his perspective to, like, how I've, why I've gotten to where I've been at, and it's, like, it's fun listening to him because all the stuff he's been talking about through the podcast it was the stuff that I've overcome and like, I'm now I'm able to regurgitate some of my advice to others. Like I was working with um, Jeremy Davidson from uh, Kentucky bourbon, uh, uh, bourbon state outdoors. They're out in Kentucky. And he introduced me to Pat Newcomb, which made the Newcomb blind there. It's like, it just folds down. So we did record a podcast with him on Sunday, on Saturday. And that was fun. And it's like, but it's, he asked me to reach out. He reached out to me, asking like, Hey, what's some advice in setting up a podcast. So I showed him my equipment and like what you can do with everything. And, and cause he wants to develop, he's got this beautiful five-year plan to get it where he wants to be. And it was just rewarding that, that like I was able to provide him some advice to keep his budgets realistic and we're like, this mic is 300 bucks. This boom is 50 bucks and stuff like that. But I want, I gave him what I used and they produce the same amount of sound, same good quality, but it's like, you'll be able to get yourself off the ground and grow within their first year. Yeah. It's like, so it's, I do the same thing. I mean, in fact, I just sent an NDA to somebody that reached out to me um, from Wyoming, a younger gentleman that started out just like I did 25 years ago. I thought, man, I, I got to figure out how to make a better broadhead. He's doing the same thing. And uh, so he reached out to me and I've done this numerous times, but this is just the most recent one. And uh, I'm going to give him some guidance, right? I'm going to try to help him achieve what I'm going to get him to the point where he can make a decision, whether to continue to pursue because it's a viable product, worth the money, blah, 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 to put into it. It's a lot of commitment financially to do what we do and uh, and just see how far he wants to take it. But I'm going to give him the wisdom of all the pitfalls that we've been through and overcome, as well as uh, I'll open up all my avenues of ability to get him a finished product in his hand. And uh, for and and I don't expect anything out of it. I don't want anything out of it. I just want to see him make his own wise decisions and uh, they'll be a lot wiser because I've already, I've already walked that 30 miles that he's just beginning. Right. And I can, I can guide him right down a path. It gets him to a point where he can make the decision to commit and keep moving forward, wherever that point is on that 30 mile line, whether he just wants to make some broadheads for his own personal use. Great. If he wants to make some broadheads with intent to maybe, go to a show or two and see how they do. Great. If he wants to just kind of jump in whole hog, better have a deep bank. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And, yeah. And you better, you better, you better be committed to it because it is not easy. Um, it's, it's a, it's a sacrifice. That's for sure. So anyway, I, I, I seeing the, it's no different than the feeling that you get when you take a youngster out and they shoot their first deer. That's the same sort of feeling I get when I have opportunities to help the next generation of entrepreneurs or innovators, those critical thinkers that are not just sitting there every day playing a video game and not doing anything with their life after they get done with their normal job working for somebody else, right? This guy's got some get up and go to him. And I really support that because it is that individual uh, and self-discipline and self-motivation. Those are the those are the businessmen of the future that keep our, 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 our country strong, right? They're producers. They're not just 
consumers. They're a producer. We have far, far too few producers in our nation. It's all about the middle money, right? Meaning, okay, uh, Matt makes and sells broadheads. There's a bunch of middle people that want to retail them, make money. And all they do is order it, put it on the shelf, make money. And, um, um, or put it on the internet and make money, right? Even worse, because they don't have brick and mortar place. They're just on the internet, make money. And uh, they're not producing anything. They're just a different avenue for somebody to achieve their, their, what they want to buy. So that's with any, any kind of a food or any kind of a product, right? Not just broadheads. But uh, I feel pretty proud that we actually produce something of value and people really appreciate it. And we sell them globally. So it's not just like I'm selling them in Texas, right? So we sell them globally. We reach the world with our little broadhead widgets. It's a pretty cool feeling. Oh, 100%. I know what you mean because it's like I was looking at my uh, uh, recent um, analytics and stuff like that. I'm, I saw a couple new st- uh, countries pop up, a couple from uh, – where was it? Holland. I got a couple of new people from Holland started listening to my podcast. It was like – that was pretty cool because it's like I've had someone like um, – I've been – I've had my podcast played in like 130 some different countries around the world. Yeah. Oddly enough, Ireland's a big consumer of my content. I know we're, we're in, I know there's people shooting our VIP archery broadheads in like 32 European nations. I mean, all over Europe, all over Europe, they're shooting us and having tremendous success from them. You know, little tiny, what do you call chamois and what is those little tiny deer with a little i forget the oh name sitka sitka bucks no those are bigger those are the bigger ones roe deer oh, the roe deer. deer a little tiny things i mean they're tiny I've and they just yeah. been putting the veterans and the combat veterans through them like hot knife through butter and uh, they just don't go anywhere and then uh and then then they're shooting the heck out of the monster boar over there uh you know the big pigs and uh yeah, they're kill some whoppers over there with them. So we're having really good success. Everything needs to touching over there. So we're we're um, it's gonna it's just it's getting fun. Let's put it that way. It's getting fun. <laughs> that is exciting to just to know that your legacy is gonna last a, 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 several generations down the road for the quality that you put through, and then the the Rolodex of how many beautiful animals that have been taken to feed people's families and such, and just that, that success and that efficacy that we've been talking about. And I think we've, we've come to a great head, man, Matt, it's like, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I always, always learn something new from you. And uh, I don't, I don't have to give anybody an introduction to where to find your product. So, cause I always advertise, I always have my stuff going on there. So I'm always, I'm, I'm good on that, sir. But uh, any, any final thoughts you want to let up before we, before we hit the, um no just thank you for having us on again we really appreciate all the work you do and we enjoy your podcast as well as just regular listeners right we're just outdoor enthusiasts and uh we listen to a few different podcasts and it's it's fun and it's it's uh, a pleasure to participate on yours in particular as we've been doing this with you guys a long time and it's fun to see you grow and evolve and just like you see we're growing we're evolving and um we are we are gonna we're going to enjoy this for the next few years, all these different designs, because I don't know where to go after this. Although I, I will let you know, I'm working on another one. <laughs> Your brain's always going. It's like talking with Brian. It's like his mind's always tinkering. 
Yeah, I get people, you know, because broadheads are a personal choice, right? They have personal preferences for how a broadhead works in their mind. They feel that's what they need to have, and they don't care about all these other widget things. And so this is just me filling in the portfolio gap, basically, to satisfy a pretty good demand for this style of broadhead. And it's been rolling around in my brain for about oh, three or four years. Um, it's just I finally got pushed hard enough to just, hey, get it done. So um, actually, I was with my engineer today working on it. We're real close to getting it done where I'm going to start cutting some metal and having some blades wire EDM'd and get some prototypes together and go, we'll go, uh, I'll probably go, we'll go kill a bunch of pigs. If not, if I can't go, then I'll have some folks I trust kill a bunch of pigs and put it through its paces. And, and then we'll refine it. It's always a refinement process, tweak it in and get it right. But it'll be, it'll be one of those. You'll be, you, you remember this night and go, yep, he said he's going to make another one. And this is another <laughs> good one. So Yeah. It's going to be fun to get that. La- it, to me, it will be my last broadhead I ever do. Really. I think it'll be my last one and then I'm done. And um, so you're right. I am going to leave. a. I think it'll be a really a good legacy of quite a variety of design options for people to choose from. And uh, they're going to enjoy these for generations to come. So it'll be good. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you. The masterpiece, the maestro, Matt Fury. Thank you, sir, for coming on the podcast. It's always a pleasure. So I'll let you go for the rest of the evening, sir. All right. Thank you so much, brother. You're very welcome.